Good morning. Good morning. All right. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. All right, lively this morning. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I know everyone is enjoying visiting. Um, that is something that makes church so wonderful is the fellowship. And uh, obviously, as of late, it's even more special. I think a lot of us, you know, things we may have took for granted, we may not anymore. And so um, it is great to be uh, with my fellow believers as part of the church, uh, worshiping our King together. I would like to call us to worship this morning from Isaiah chapter 6. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 4. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. Let's pray. God, we give you all praise and glory and honor this morning as we have gathered as a church to worship and proclaim your name. Lord, this is our ultimate mission in life, to glorify you and to enjoy you. So God, I pray that this morning we would have hearts filled with joy as we celebrate the resurrected Christ, the one who died in our place, took the suffering and pain on our, on our behalf, Lord. And you gave us Christ's righteousness. We are not deserving. So Lord, would we have humble hearts knowing that everything we have is because of you. God, we are grateful. Lord, may we live lives that are worthy of the gospel. Help us every day. May we turn from sin and look to you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're here to worship a holy God this morning. Would you stand as we sing together this morning?
sing together. say welcome to Broadway Baptist. We are so thankful that you're here, whether you're joining us in person or online. We want to say welcome to you. We are thankful and honored that you have chosen to join us this Sunday morning. We hope you're paying attention to your bulletin and the announcements as they scroll across the screen. A couple things that we want to remind you of specifically. This Thursday is our blood drive. It's through the Red Cross that'll be here at the Fellowship Hall. You can sign up for that online at our website. Uh, that's broadwaybaptistchurch.org. And uh, we've still got a few slots open. We would encourage you to participate in that. Uh, the last, the other thing that we want to mention, September the 13th is what we're calling our restart here at Broadway. We'll be opening up our nursery for children's uh, child care. We'll have Sunday school that morning at 915. And then our worship hour is going to move to 1030. 
that afternoon at 5 o'clock, we're going to have a church-wide family picnic. It's going to be great. Scott Collins is going to be there providing some live music for us, live hamburgers, hot dogs. All of this will be socially distanced, wearing masks, all that sort of thing. But it will be out here in our parking lot at 5 o'clock, September the 13th. That's a, two weeks from today. We want to encourage you to be a part of that, to come out and, and to rejoin us here at Broadway Baptist. We are so thankful for what God is doing and what he is continuing to do in the life of our church. Zach read for us a moment ago from Isaiah chapter 6, and if we read on the next verse, verse 5, Isaiah realizes where he is, that he's in the throne room of a holy God, and he falls on his face, and he cries, woe is me, I am undone, for I am a sinful man, and I live among, a, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Isaiah falls on his face and confesses his sinfulness before God's holiness. Church, we're in the presence of a holy and mighty and a righteous God this morning. Would you join me as we approach his throne of grace together with humble hearts? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have called us to worship you. God, we are unworthy to approach you, and yet you have made a way through Jesus Christ. And Lord, we confess this morning that, Father, we don't always live the way you have called us to. We don't always follow your righteousness. Lord, we don't love you like we should. We don't love our neighbors as ourselves. And Lord, this morning we come to you humble, broken, asking for your forgiveness. But Father, we thank you for the reminder in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. As the seraphim flies and, and, and takes a burning coal with tongs and he touches Isaiah's lips. He says, your iniquity is removed and your sins are forgiven. And so God, we thank you this morning that though we come to you sinful, broken, and in need, Lord, you don't leave us where we are. But Father, you forgive us, you cleanse us, and you clothe us with your righteousness. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are. And we thank you that we are able to worship you together this morning. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Church, the beauty of the gospel comes in Romans, as Paul writes, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The beauty of that verse is that he doesn't say that we had to clean ourselves up or that we had to fix ourselves or that something within our own power had to make us righteous before God, but that while we were still in our sin, while we were still broken, Jesus loved us, he came for us, and he died for us. So this morning, we're going to sing just as I am. I come broken. As we stand together this morning to sing, we're reminded that we come to Christ broken and that we find forgiveness and cleansing in his blood. Let's sing together this morning. Just as I am without one thing, but
thank thee for these precious moments. We thank thee for how our hearts have been tuned to hear your word. We pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit might continue to move in this place. We pray for our pastor as he comes to share your word. Cleanse him, anoint him, and open our hearts that we may see Jesus. In your precious name I pray. Amen. May I make some announcements afterward? Thank you.
in verse 8, Isaiah says, And then I heard the voice of the Lord. Who shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah responds in submission. He says, Here I am. Send me. Let's stand as we continue to sing and to worship together this morning. Came to the world you created, training on crown for a cross. You willingly died, your innocent life made lost. Count your status as a king, king of all kings.
holding us back from submitting to you, whatever is holding us back from saying, here I am, send me. Father, we pray that you would remove that. Lord, if more of you means less of us, then God, we pray that you would take everything that doesn't look like you. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. I used to for all and uh, I felt the spirit moving in my head with a common service. That you're allowing the Lord to use you. There are three or four folks that have called my attention to special needs, and I want to share those with you this morning. About 8.15, Wanda Woolham called me in. Wanda and her daughter and son-in-law and little girl are members of our church, and they sit on the back seat if you want to identify them. And yesterday evening, uh, Ryan began to have some heart palpitations, hurting in his arms and shoulders, and they decided the best thing to do would be to go and call the emergency. Make a long story short, uh, Brian Whitaker, has a brain bleed, has a brain bleed. And so he's in Central Baptist now, want to encourage you as a requested prayer. Then I understand that Brother Sonny Cloyd fell, did not break any bones, has his shoulder kind of banged up. I understand that the Whittles have a daughter in West Virginia that has uh, this virus, we need to remember that family. Uh, Bill Jones, Janet Jones, his wife is not, not feeling well. And uh, uh, understand that there's been a death in this Iris family. So I want to share that with you, but I just didn't feel, Brother Daniel, the time was right for me to divert our attention to other things. But let's go now and pray for these, and there may be others. If, if you have a prayer need, would just lift your hand. You don't have to stand up or say anything. Just, just lift your hand. Okay. Holy Father, thank you for this special time this morning that we can come to you, open our hearts in behalf of our church family, our loved ones, people that we love and care about, Father. And we just want to intercede for these that have been mentioned, others that have lifted their hand. Father, I just intercede for them and asking, Lord, not my will, but your will be done with these that are going through these difficult times. Father, these are trying times in our nation, in our world today. It seems that Satan just on a rampage, and Father, he spares none. He attacks us all. And so I pray, Father, that we might be strengthened, that we might be drawn closer to you. Our hearts might be bound in oneness as we pray for these that have been mentioned and others and for our nation. We ask all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Savior.
Bless our pastor in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Her, thank you for that. So we will. We're gonna uh, actually preaching on prayer this morning. So we'll have an opportunity again to also pray. But uh, before we get into that, we have children's sermon. So if you are a child, if we children's sermon through fifth grade, you want to come on down and come take a seat up here. And we're actually I'm going to read a verse here on um, prayer, and then we will uh, get our piece of candy here. Our piece of candy are nerds. So that's what we're going to be. So all the children, you just come on down and we'll have opportunity for that. Sunday school starts in two weeks. I've missed Sunday school. I know many of you have as well. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, uh, in, um, beginning there on the 13th of September, two weeks from today. So I do want to say about children getting ready up here for our online audience. Uh, hopefully you are um, at home worshiping. Uh, do take the time to share our service, so it's a great way for you to do outreach to those who are maybe watching on Facebook, on your news feed. Also, our online, we have three online forms. The first one, we have our online bulletin, so maybe someone will share our online bulletin. We also have our online connection card, so if you are new watching this, or like Brother Hurt said, if you have a prayer need, you can just fill out that online connection card, and all, all, you, all you need to do is you just put your first name or you use a fake name and you just put your prayer request, whatever you want. We will pray, we will be faithful in praying for your prayer request with that. And we also have our online giving link. So those are our three links. So maybe somebody could certainly share those on, on, on our, um, our broadcast with that. All right, children, we are going to, um, we're going to look at a Bible verse and then we will end by having a word of prayer. I'll get our microphone ready here in a little bit. I'm going to read a scripture, and it's a scripture on prayer. When I was your age, I memorized something called the Lord's Prayer. It's hard to see all our, I tell you, that's, um, you know, it's kind of, I was, um, I was uh, talking, you know, school started this week, and Brother Hurt talked about in his prayer about unusual times, and if you would have told me at the beginning of this year that the first day of school would be at the kitchen table by an internet, I never would have believed you. But we definitely do live in unusual times. So um, we, um, who goes to school in their kitchen? Anybody go to school in the kitchen? Yep, it is. And I never would have thought the kitchen turned into this classroom. But that is, that's where it's at in our house as well. Uh, with that, but um, you know, we make the best of our situations, and we can also use this situation uh, to use this unusual time to grow closer to the Lord as well as develop and learn our prayer life. I want to tell you something. When I was your age, I memorized something called the Lord's Prayer. Y'all, who's heard of the Lord's Prayer? Esther, let me take a look. Yep, our behind the TV crowd, yep, as well. With that, I want to read, I'm not going to read the whole prayer. But I want to read you the first sentence of it, the first verse. And this is something, it gives us a great model to pray. Do you know God hears our prayer? Do you know what prayer is? Prayer is talking to God. And what happens is we grow and know the Lord more 
through our prayer life. And God hears and answers prayer. Just like Brother Herb came up a few minutes ago and he prayed for these prayer requests. That's why it's important because we're taking our prayer requests to the Lord. Look at this Bible verse here. Jesus is telling us children how we should pray. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. What does the word hallowed mean? That's a big word. That's a churchy word. I remember learning that word. Anybody know what the word hallowed means? Yes, sir. It's close to Halloween. I wonder if we're going to have Halloween this year. Who wants Halloween to be canceled this year? No, I know. On Halloween, if Halloween's canceled, we'll just bring a huge thing of candy that Sunday, and you could just bring a basket and fill it up after a children's sermon. Hallowed means holy. The word holy means that God is set apart. He is different than we are. He's perfect. So listen, girls, when we pray to God, we are praying. Boys, we're praying to God who is in heaven, who's perfect in everything. His hand, the Bible says, is not too short. Nothing catches him off guard. He isn't surprised by anything. That's why it's so important for us that if we have any type of need or a sickness or a desire or maybe something that's on your heart, we bring it to God. One of the great things about being a young person is that you can pray directly to God. Even if you don't know what to say, God knows your heart, and he can certainly help us in this area. So I want to encourage you to be faithful, just like we're faithfully going to school in the kitchen. We want to be faithful in our prayer life as well. So we're going to close the prayer. Who would like, you know, our microphone's right here. Who would like to come forward, grab our microphone, and say our closing prayer? Volunteers for prayer. Anyone? Ian, do you want to come pray? I have, you come up here and you take the microphone. And then we'll, what we'll do is what Ian's going to pray. We're going to close our eyes and we're going to bow our heads so that you, you just speak into the mic. You can sit or stand, whatever you want to do. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And he's going to say our prayer. That we have food to eat and that we have friends. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful prayer. And that is so. And speaking of that food, God has answered that prayer. Your food is right there on the floor. So y'all just going down there. We have nerds. Grab your nerds, and we can certainly uh we can certainly do that, and you can sit with your friends. So it's a direct answer. So thank you, Ian, for that, for that prayer. That is wonderful. Open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. And then we're going to be also flipping in our Bibles to the book of Acts. 
Acts chapter 4. So we're going to be looking at Matthew 6, Acts chapter 4. We're going to be looking at the Scriptures here, and it's a message on prayer. And I do want to take the time to uh, open in prayer. I think it's important that we are diligent in bringing our requests, like Brother Her to pray. A couple of things that we need to be praying for is one of our uh, church members, Miss Peggy Cable, she left on Thursday morning, and she headed over to, um, to she's flying into Kenya, and then she's going to go into Uganda. And we want to be faithful in praying and lifting up her to the Lord. She has to go, uh, her, uh, her visa is only a one-year visa, so every, once a year she has to come back and renew her visa and visit the doctor and everything. So we probably won't see her again till next summer or next spring with that. But we do want to be in our prayer life, make sure she is always included, as well as other Southern Baptist missionaries, especially serving in this unusual time period, that the gospel continues to advance. This is a unique season in the life of Christianity because a lot of folks are open to spiritual matters. And even on the internet, they might not be physically present in church, but they could certainly uh, learn about the Lord via online and certainly get saved uh, as well for that. So we do want to pray for her. Brother Hurd mentioned also in his prayer, uh, mentioned in prayer needs is uh, the... Um, political season in our country. This is the most unusual time uh, for that. Um, I remember four years ago when the pastor search committee uh, led by Mike Davis, I actually never forgot this, Mike, uh, he mentioned to me, it was about this time four years ago, he says, you know, he says, Daniel, the, uh, a political election, it brings out the worst in people. Now that was four years ago. You could almost hit replay on that comment, and here we are in 2020, and for whatever reason, uh, you actually can see the worst of people leading up to an election. It's um, one, it's very polarizing. It's sad that we live in a time that there will be people who will not be your friend because who you vote for. They won't talk to you. They won't come to a church. They literally uh, will allow politics to be the dividing line on about everything. And sadly, that seems to be getting worse in our country. And we're going to see here in the Bible about how Jesus, does, as believers, He doesn't want us to be like that. We are not called to be Christians that are going to allow politics, elections, to divide, to divide us. Prayer unifies people, and we will see that in a little bit. So let's take time to pray. We're going to pray for Miss Peggy Cable, and we're going to pray for our nation. God, I pray for Miss Peggy Cable. She is now in Uganda, in Kenya, in East Africa, serving as a missionary. I pray that you give her the strength. as she's there amongst people who in many ways are right now very uh, fearful of Americans because of the coronavirus. I pray she is stay safe and she's able to advance the gospel. And she is faithful for leaving the United States on Thursday morning to be bold in taking the good news to the least among you. Lord, I just pray for you to 
provide for her, provide for her financially, use us to help support that, use us in our prayer life supporting her, and Lord, provide for her physically and keep her safe. Lord, I pray that she will be part of our prayer life. Lord, we pray for our nation is we hate to see a political election bring out the worst of people. Lord, we are fortunate to be able to live in a country that we can vote for our president and our, our elected leaders. And even if someone doesn't think or see things like we do, we cannot view them as enemies. Lord, help us see folks as created in your image is a soul, a lost soul, in need of a great Savior. Lord, I pray that we as believers, we will experience revival in our country. We are desperate for a mighty move of the Lord. Lord, I just pray for our upcoming election. We pray for our president. We pray for the elected leaders who are running again. Lord, you make it very clear to who you want in position of office and that can make decisions that are guided by you. Lord, we pray for our country. We pray for us as believers to vote and to make wise decisions and respond to uh, the unrest in our country with wisdom and prudence. Lord, I pray you open up our minds as we see what the Sermon on the Mount says about giving, about prayer, and about fasting. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Open up your bulletin insert. I use the word there, amen, and you can see what the word amen actually means. The word amen means so be it. When you say amen at the close of a prayer, when someone prays publicly and they say amen, you also respond in saying amen because you're agreeing with that prayer. Now, you might not say it verbally out loud. You can say it. God obviously knows inside of us, but you're praying. Pray, prayer. When someone is praying, we all participate in that prayer. Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in a midst with them. We join with others as we pray. If you're joining us here, we are going through a sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. So go ahead and turn in your Bible here. We're going to be looking at three different sections of Scripture. Jesus is going to tell us about giving. He's going to teach us about prayer. And he's also going to teach us about fasting. And he's going to draw a contrast each time to the Pharisees. The Pharisees, those that wanted public recognition, they wanted to be seen. And Jesus says for you as a believer, your calling is not to be seen. Your focus is not to be seen by other people. God sees our secret life. God knows what you and I do privately. He is the one, as an audience of one, that we live our lives for. He's very aware if we give. He's very aware if we even pray. 
And he's also aware if we spend time for fasting, where we give up food to actually spend that time with him. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. So be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, what, otherwise you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. What was going on is the hypocrisy of giving is the Pharisees were giving not because they were giving their tithe in obedience, not because they wanted to help the poor and those in need and help reach people who do not know the Lord. Their purpose and motivation for giving was to be seen. The way they collected an offering in Bible times was different from today. They had a giant metal container. And you had coins back in Bible times. And you would, you would go up into the worship service. And you would take your bag of money, your metal coins, and you would dump it in the container. And it would make a noise. That way you knew if someone gave a lot, if they put many coins in there, Versus if they put very small amount of coins. That's why we call the widow's mite. The story Jesus told, it was a very small coin. So the lady, the widow that put her little mite in there, it didn't make a lot of noise. So they knew she did not give very much. Whereas if you had a giant bag of money and you're pouring it in there, everybody would take note, that's a wealthy man that's a generous man. And God said, Jesus says, if you give that way, that's your reward. Your reward is whatever those people thought of you, which is not a reward. Jesus is telling us that our true reward with giving, as well as with prayer and with fasting here, is actually what we receive from the Lord. Do you know God loves a generous giver? That's what 1 Corinthians tells us, chapter 9, verse 7. He tells us that you want the love of the Lord in your life? Do you want the peace and the presence of God? You become a giver. Our hands should not be stingy. We should not live lives wondering what's in it for me. What's in it for you is what you receive from the Lord. Keep going here in your Bible. Verse 3. But when you give, don't let your left hand here know what your right hand is doing. Giving should be private. It's not public. People should not know how much you give. It's something that you are actually giving to the Lord. You're not giving to get IRS credit for your taxes. That is, should not be your motivation for giving. That's great our government allows us, but again, that it should not be why you give. You're giving to God. Verse 4, So that your giving may be in secret, and your Father 
who sees in secret will reward you. You know, part of our giving, even in our church, is what we call total anonymous giving, where the only person who knows what you gave is truly God. You put a gift, you give a gift that no other person knows about it. And it's anonymous giving. When you can give like that, you're at the point where you're saying, Lord, I'm doing this for you. God is looking for you and I to be givers that there's no ulterior motivation. Keep going here in your Bible. So that was the contrast he was making with the Pharisees. You're not giving to impress other people. If, you, if that's your giving, that's your reward. I want to give for the Lord. Your life should be one that hallowed be His name. Holy is His name, like we read in children's sermon. Meaning, I live to please and honor the Holy, perfect Father in heaven. Alright, that's our giving life. Next is our prayer life. Jesus goes on here, and He talks about prayer. But whenever you pray, I love that phrase. It's assuming that you're going to pray. It's just like giving. But whenever you give, assuming you're going to give, assuming you're going to pray. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrite. So apparently, there's these people there that are, have a prayer life of hypocrisy. And here's what, the, here's what it was like in Bible times. You would go to church. Go to the temple, the synagogue. And you would have these people stand on the streets. They would stand up in church. And they would hold their hands high like this, looking up to Father. And they would pray publicly out loud. Why? Because they're, uh, they're being seen. They're allowing people to see them. And that's the danger of a public prayer life. We do not pray with the purpose of impressing other people. Keep going here in your Bibles. Because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. If that's your prayer life, to be seen by others, there's your answer too. Hopefully God's saying, I hope those other people can answer your prayers because I'm not. If, if you're praying to be seen, that's a prayer that will go unanswered. Verse 6. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who's in secret. That's what we call a prayer closet. God wants us to have a secret prayer life. It's a, not a public one. It's not something you brag to other people about. It's one with you and the Father. Even those that live at your house, you've shut the door, they don't even know what you're doing. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. God knows of your secret life. 
When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard by their many words. Going on and on and on and on, that doesn't impress the Lord. He knows your heart. He knows your needs before you ask Him. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Therefore, you should pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts so that we have forgiven our debitors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is the Lord's Prayer. This is a model prayer of what Jesus is telling us how to pray. He's he's commanding us. If you don't know how to pray, here's a Here's a model that you can pray. Now, our prayer life shouldn't just be saying the Lord's Prayer over and over again. Say that publicly. But our prayer life is one that we are told or tell God how great He is. We're told to let Him know we're thankful for our food. We're thankful for our candy. We're thankful that He's forgiven us. We're thankful that we can overcome temptation. And we're thankful that He has delivered us from the devil. We don't have to succumb to temptation. The evil one, we can experience victory in our spiritual life through prayer. For if you forgive others of their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive you of your offenses. Meaning, why on earth would God... Remember, we're saved by prayer. I will close this sermon with an opportunity for you to pray to the Lord and ask forgiveness of your sins. But I want you to know, you cannot get saved if you hate someone, if you refuse to forgive someone, yet you expect God to forgive you. Do you understand? Jesus is saying, why should I extend forgiveness to you if you refuse to forgive other people, if you feel you've been hurt, if you're angry, if you're getting stirred up with hatred, maybe by stuff you're seeing on TV, or you just you've been a victim, and of course you're going to be upset about it. But Jesus Christ commands that we must. Forgive. Harboring unforgiveness leads to unanswered prayer. If you want to see empty prayers, you just hold into your heart that you fail to forgive others. Do you know our prayer life? You say, if God is sovereign and He knows everything that's going to happen, why do we pray? Have you ever wondered that? God is perfect. He knows the future. He holds this world in His hand. Nothing catches Him by surprise. But here's why. There's an answer to that. God's plan in our life is brought about through prayer. It's brought about through fasting. It's brought about through giving. It's brought about through personal evangelism. Meaning, if you want to experience the peace that God offers, if you want to see a family member saved, 
God has chosen you as the instrument who will help lead them to the Lord. If you pray for someone who's spiritually lost to get saved, God will start to work and answer that prayer. Now, say, well, Pastor, why, why do we need to pray? God knows what's going to happen 100 years down the world, down the ro road. He knows who's going to be saved. Yes, He does. But He's chosen us, you and I, to be the one who's going to cry out and call out to see His sovereign plan work and be fulfilled. What we're saying when we fail to pray, we're saying, God, I prayed when I was a little boy and I gave my life to You, and I'm done. I'm done relying upon You. God wants us to be dependent upon Him for our daily bread. Daily we go to God and we thank Him. Daily we go to Him with whatever needs we have. We take what we know about God and we turn it back to Him. What that means is God has commanded us to pray. Jesus prayed. Prayer strengthens you. Prayer is how God has chosen to work through our church's life. Prayer is how God brings about healing. Prayer is how God brings about revival. Prayer is how God will restore our nation. Do you know, if you have not prayed today, it's actually a wasted day. We're almost halfway through. Today, the Lord's Day. If there has been zero prayer in your life, and I want to tell you, I actually, and I know in my personal life, I'll confess it, these electronic devices, this will keep you from prayer. You will find yourself playing on the computer, then praying to God. It's a hindrance. And then you will find yourself going through your day, watching TV, playing electronic devices, and you can actually go to bed at night thinking, I didn't say a single prayer to the Lord. A wait is a wasted day. And God is sitting there thinking, maybe tomorrow. If you, you want to see the Lord work in your life? You must have a prayer life. Do you think about it? If you love someone, you talk to them. If you love the Lord, you'll talk to Him. Like if you, if you have a spouse, if you're married, could you imagine being married and you don't speak to your spouse. Now, some of you might think, Dan, you don't know. Some of you might be in that situation. But hopefully, I hope, you actually talk to your husband or your wife. That is a relationship. You love that person. You want to talk to them. You love the Lord. You want to talk to the Lord. That is what prayer is. When you do not pray, you're telling God, says, God, I'm not even going to take the time out of my day to spend with you. You're telling the Lord, I do not love you. It's just like, you, it's like you're ignoring your spouse. If I get angry with Sherry, do I ignore you, Sherry? She shook her head. I just wondered how she was going to answer that. 
You're mad at someone. You don't want to talk to them. You ignore them. You avoid them. You go do your own thing. Guys, when you fail to pray, when you're not going through your prayer sheet, when you're not going through the Lord's Prayer, thanking God for saving you, praying for those who need to get saved, you're telling the Lord, God, I don't love you. You know, prayer is not talking about God. Jesus talked with God. There's a total difference. Complete difference with that. You can come to church and talk about God, but you were talking with God. Flip over in your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. Look what it says here. Acts chapter 4. Verse 23. Acts 4.23 tells us, Peter and John were arrested. And they got released from jail, and they were told by the Jewish leaders, the same Sanhedrin that crucified Jesus, they were told not to speak anymore in Jesus' name. And I'll tell you, one day that could happen here in America where we're commanded not to speak in Jesus' name. And they boldly said, we, we can't keep doing that. We have to speak about Jesus. Well, we as Christians, we have to pray to Jesus. But look what happened here. After they were released, they went to their own people and reported everything to the chief priests and the elders, and what the elders have said to them. So they're going back to the believers. So now they're meeting with, at church. In verse 24, this is, we won't read the entire prayer, but this starts the prayer. When they heard this, they raised their voices together to God. Look at that unity with that prayer. Together they're all coming to the Lord. And they said, Master, you are the one who made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. God, you're over everything. I acknowledge you, God, as you have created all things. And they go through about eight or nine verses here praying to the Lord. Now here's how I want to end this. Look at verse 31. Skip down in your Bible. Acts 4.31. This is what happens when you and I pray to the Lord. When they had prayed. Key verse here. The place where they were assembled, was shaken. You know, it, wasn't, it wasn't an earthquake. It was an answer. And there's a difference. God answered their prayer. He's affirming to them. They're meeting in a house. They're meeting among believers. And it starts shaking. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak the Word of God boldly. You want the Holy Spirit this morning? You want a touch from God? You want to hear a message from God? It starts with your prayer life. I want you to know, you come to church, and if you've been praying for me throughout the week, you've been praying for David Dell and the worship team, and Chris Wright, you will come to church and experience God. It won't be empty. It will be shaken. And you will leave bold. 
Bold means you walk out of this place empowered by God. Prayer empowers you. It gives you a confidence. It gives you, the Bible says, a reward. And not only that, it gives you an authority that you have been in the presence of God. And you're confident that no matter what happens, what happens in our nation, with our election, with coronavirus, with my health, with your health, you have given it to God. There's no reason you should not be a, a, a bold believer. If you're here as a weakling, oh, I wonder if... No! You, you, you don't wonder. You confidently go to the Lord. They raise their voices to God. says, Master, you created everything. Brian Whitaker right now has a brain bleed. I want to encourage you to bring that request this week to God. God can heal Brian. He was here last Sunday on that pew right there. He had no idea a week later, seven days later, he'd be at Central Hospital or Baptist Health. Next week, that could be you. That could be me. We do not know what the future holds, but we do know we have a great God that you and I should be faithfully praying to. I want to close this message here by asking you to commit your prayers to the Lord. Think about this. A day that you do not pray is a wasted day. You've just wasted a day. Just useless. Nothing's happened. God has not worked in a prayerless day. You do not experience His power. You are not emboldened. The devil, it says, he wants to lead us into temptation. And one of the temptations he leads us into is a life of prayerlessness. Make sure you're not falling in to that temptation. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And now this is a sinner's prayer. Our online crowd as well as in person. God brought you here and it's not by accident. And I want you, by prayer, you are saved. God saves us through our prayer life. Now this prayer we're going to pray. If you are harboring unforgiveness and you refuse to forgive others, you need to first forgive that person and then come to the Lord. Jesus Christ, you're saved by His forgiveness, but He expects us to forgive others. Let's bow our heads and we're going to pray. This is our closing prayer. And if you want to get saved this morning, I want you to... You, you don't have to say it out loud. You speak it to your heart. God knows everything. He knows your thoughts. He sees what you do in secret. He can read your mind. Dear God, I need you. I need your forgiveness. Lord, save me. Lord, I'm yours. Mold me into you. Jesus, from this day on, I'm going to call out to you every day. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, 
I pray. Amen. I want you to say amen too. We close out with amen. God tells us the word amen means so be it. You online, you said that prayer. You committed your life to Christ. I want to hear from you. Fill out that connection card. Send us a message on Facebook. And we'll be getting in touch with you about what it means to follow Jesus. I'll be back there at the back. Uh, In-person crowd, as you know, we have our black box for connect, our connection cards. You fill it out, drop it in there. We can certainly get in touch with you. I'm asking you this week to make a commitment to not waste a day, to become a bold believer that has a prayer life that only God knows about. Our prayer life should be with a shut door. God answers that prayer. Chris is going to close us here with a song. It'll be our closing song. And I, I want to invite everyone to stand up and we will uh, we'll dismiss with this song. Let's sing this chorus there. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the praise you for who you are. We thank you for our time this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. Have a good week. We'll see you next Sunday.